Legends, how are we? I hope you're well. It's good to be back. Uh, for those of you whose first time it is here, welcome to the podcast. Does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. The podcast where I, JJ, talk to interesting people about the things they do and don't do that hurt. And my voice sounds quite croaky because you're the first people I've spoken to all day. I am recording this from a different isolation inspiration station. This one, my isolation is very intensely managed by the New Zealand government. And you might think that that sounds really suspicious. Is Joanna in prison now? Well, might as well be a bougie prison because I am in hotel quarantine at the Four Point Sheraton Hotel in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. Well, what a mystery life is. My absence has been related to a few things. Melbourne's lockdown ending, being back in the studio, out and about. And then I realized I need to move country. Well, wanted to and started to move my things and got a spot in hotel quarantine, said goodbye. But anyway, here we are. I'm glad I've got this whole week to hang and work on this. Today's guest, I was really sad to say goodbye to. We recorded this episode in October on Wurundjeri Country in Nam, Melbourne, Australia. My guest is Annie Carter. See, if Beyonce Knowles Carter is the Queen, then Annie Carter is the Queen's Queen. <laughs> I don't know where Queen Elizabeth or Queen, the band, uh, fit in into this kind of hierarchy of queens, but Annie's pretty up there. Okay, so she is a conscious business owner of Eve Studio, which is a yoga, dance, fitness and life studio in Melbourne, where I work since 2019. And I could probably do a whole episode about it because Annie and the Eve community are setting up a whole new paradigm when it comes to women's fitness, women's yoga, life, and it is not even a cult. <laughs> it's just rad. So in this chat, Annie shares how she is someone who is driven by bringing women and people together. She sees the best in them and brings that to the front. We talk about women being in competition with each other, about comparison, celebration, negative self-talk, meditation, acceptance, and the importance of trash talking whilst playing table tennis. Annie has her own podcast, which is far more regular and way less loose than mine. It is called Yes You, and it is available on all platforms. And in this episode, we talk about her episode on Yes You called The Summer Body Lie, and she has made another one on a similar theme, which I listened to yesterday, called Time to Rewrite Your Summer Body Goals. And if you're wanting to get a taste, those are my two faves that spring to mind for me to recommend you to but really it's all great speaking of summer goals I have just moved country and so I'm kind of unsure what is in store for me over the next few months I want to do another performing tours banana jolie and also I've got a bunch of interviews in the bank when I need to edit these and then really looking forward to reconnecting with all of my mates here in Aotearoa again because if I was to ask myself does it hurt when you do that don't do that 
One of the things that I will be saying that I constantly do is too much. Really cramming too many things in. And so I need to put my words into actions by figuring out how this podcast is going to fully fit into my life. I want to keep on doing it. I would love to hear from you in terms of what has really piqued your interest and what keeps you coming back and if you will still come back even if it's once a fortnight or once every three weeks or something like that and if it's not I guess you probably wouldn't write to me but you know either or I'll appreciate anything you got send me a picture of your dog Send me a picture of your new cap for your summer safety that we've got going on down under. Send me a picture of your sandwich or of you eating your sandwich in the shower. Who knows? I will leave you for now, my friends, to this chat with Annie Carter. Groovy. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're my guest today. Thank Who you. Who are you? Who am I? My yeah. name is Annie Carter. Um, what can I tell you? What shall I tell you about myself? Whatever you like. Who are you? Who you are? Who, oh, who am I? Yeah. That's a, it's a big question. Well, I am... <laughs> now I'm like, hmm, how do I answer that question? Do I go deep or do I go, what do I do? <laughs> you can go wherever you want. We've got time. All right, let's start with the easy it Because it's, it's, you know, it's yeah, tricky, right? Yeah, totally. Yes. And I've heard you ask this of other people and go, I've gone, hmm, and didn't actually think to prepare an answer for myself. But um, who am I? Um, yes. So my name is Annie Carter and I am based in Melbourne. I have a business called Eve Studio that you know about, JJ. And yeah, I, the studio, the spaces are about women coming together, about accepting women. And so I guess when I think, who am I? I see myself as someone that is very much about that, about bringing people together and about kind of bringing out, seeing best in people and kind of inviting that to come to the front. Um, yeah, and I am a sister and an auntie and I am a wife and a daughter. Yeah, a friend. That's me. And I think you're the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just gone with that. Who am I? I'm the I'm bomb. The bomb. Yeah. <laughs> just ask JJ. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I think you're the bomb too. By oh, the way. thanks. Cool. It's so funny because there's a couple of other other guests I've had on here, and we totally are just like gushing about each other for the whole first bit. We're like, no, you are, and it's. I think one thing, one reason, I guess, and what I um, am so grateful to be able to work with you, for you, under you, and and know you is what you said about lifting other women up, and. For me in my life, that's something I've really been kind of like untangling is like where is it, where does it come from that we feel like we shouldn't, you know, what that paradigm is, I guess. And also that thing of when it's like, oh, you've got really great hair today and people are like, oh, no, oh, oh no, oh, but, you know, this and that. And so I guess I want to ask you like how you meet either one, those responses when it comes to people 
diffusing, deflecting compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also too, what for you has helped you or where it is that you've done the untangling, I guess, to see what it is in society and culture that makes women think we've got to compete with each other. Just a few little questions. To start yeah, a few little- <laughs> <laughs> right. No probs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yes, the whole comparison and competition thing, you know, I was actually thinking about, about this conversation that we were going to have and about your overall idea with your podcast. Does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. And I'm thinking, well, what would I say? Like, that hurts when you do that. Don't do that. And I think one of the ones at the top of my list is like comparison, that kind of comparing ourselves to others, which then either leads to kind of either of those two things that you just said. It's sort of like the competition or it's the self-defeat of just like, oh, I guess I can't compete. And so, but that comes, they both sort of come from that point of comparing ourselves to others and kind of either going all right I'm gonna go in and go hard and try and win this thing as though it is something that someone wins and someone else loses or we write ourselves off and go I can't compete I'm not not enough we sort of make that decision for ourselves yeah which is incredibly unhelpful on so many levels like I just think it's so doesn't help any individual like it's not good for me to just feel crap about myself or to feel like I'm pitched against other women and I have to compete like that's not helpful for me and it's not helpful for anyone that I might be doing that with and it's not helpful for us as a collective as as women and so some of the untangling I think that I've done in for myself actually sometimes comes from going, this is a problem collectively. Like this is actually a societal and what ends up being like systemic issues, <laughs> like major problems. And, and that makes me mad when I see it. Like I can see how much it just sucks for all of us and it's not it's not getting us where we need to go. I think it's keeping it just us distracted from what matters. It's like just on in so many ways so unhelpful. And so sometimes that becomes the motivator for me to just do my little bit of the work, like my little bit of when someone says, you look nice and I go, oh, no, I don't. Or someone, you know, or I, I find myself judging myself against someone else. It's like I see this little scenario going on with me internally is actually just one kind of brick in the wall that is holding this whole structure up and I don't like the structure and so I'm not contributing my brick, you know. It's just like, yeah. So I find, to be honest, quite often with a lot of stuff like that, it's like the big picture that I really want to reject, like the big stuff that motivates me to do things differently that are sometimes hard but as an individual. Does that make sense? That does make sense and that's sensational because I I don't know about you but I find sometimes I'm so much better at doing things for other people than what I Mm -hmm. am doing it for myself, you know. And sometimes I have had to pretend I'm someone I'm not, not in the sense of like, I'm going to start putting on an accent when I don't have one, but more like (laughs) this is something that maybe I feel uncomfortable with, but the person that I want to be and in the society that I want to 
create in the future is going to have hairy legs and not care, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing, getting angry and letting that be, I guess, that, that motivation. Okay, so if I was to say to you, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. What is that or what are the that's? Okay. Yes, so as we've just talked about, I would definitely say don't compare yourself to other people. And like that's easy, easier said than done, but I imagine most of those these things are that you're exploring in this podcast. But important enough, I think, to really give it some effort to not go down what often tends to be a real rabbit hole of comparing to others. That is, yeah, really unhelpful because it just pulls us away from being ourselves and it kind of rips the world off from getting what each one of us uniquely and individually can offer and so I think it's it's really important that we kind of just catch ourselves when we're going down that track of just really comparing ourselves to others and just not not doing it and kind of doing whatever we need to do to not do it so obviously social media is a huge part of it And it might be like literally about going, you know, I'm just going to unfollow these people or um, because whenever I see what they're doing, I find myself going into this comparing myself and then it's not just the comparison that's the issue. It's everything that kind of comes from that, the judgment or the competition or the, you know, shutting ourselves down, beating ourselves up, all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think to kind of just opt out where we can from that so like if you know that being on social media is just going to take you down that track then to just not to unfollow those people or or whatever you need to do to kind of not put yourself in that position but I think it's also about training ourselves to not like to be able to see because you can't unless you're going to go and kind of live in complete isolation like going to be around other people and I think it's a shift of mindset that it's actually going well what about if I were to celebrate what other people are doing and um, recognise their uniqueness at, while I recognise my own uniqueness and, you know, achievement or whatever. And, yeah, like it, it's kind of shifting from it being just about comparing to assess one as better than the other and instead to kind of compare to go, oh, wow, like like comparing two beautiful flowers or comparing you know, the ocean and the river, it's like they're amazing, like they're all beautiful and it's not sort of like what's the point? Like you can point out their differences but that it's it's like they're just two different amazing things. Uh, anyway, so, yes, that's a, like a comparing stuff. I also do just think just the kind of beating up on ourselves, like just really giving ourselves a hard time I think is just – so fruitless like and so damaging and I and I think that we because it's often really internal um and private like a really personal private experience of of the self-talk that we put up with within ourselves that we might not actually put up with if we 
heard it out loud or said to someone sure. that we love or anything yeah. like that. That's something I'm not sure um, if that's been kind of for, especially in lockdown for a lot of people I've been speaking to, it's even louder mm-hmm. for these pe- for mm. people and for me as well. And for a lot of my guests, they've, they've you know, I'm like, Does heard, don't do that. And a lot of people say being hard on myself. And mm. so for you, was there a time when you were and then you recognized like this isn't helpful and then you started to kind of change or how has that worked for you? Do you know what? I've got this weird thing <laughs> and I, I've tried to get to the bottom of it and I'm still not quite there. But I, as a general rule, tend not to be that hard on myself. Not that I am never hard on myself. I definitely can can go there for sure. But I, like from a young age, I have tended to kind of have this optimism about myself and about my abilities and like, you know, like just even from the like, I reckon I'll be pretty good at that. Like I think I could give that a crack. And, and I, yeah, I've talked about this actually on my own podcast where absolutely have been proven wrong many times through life then like turns out no I suck at that I'm like really not good at that and whatever but I just kind of have this quite it does just feel quite innate sort of optimism for for myself which I think comes across in like an I'm okay that's where I sort of start from and to be honest like I'm super grateful that that's built in like I'm I'm quite conscious that it's unusual and um, in our culture it's unusual and so like I am quite like where did that come from like I sort of feel like I dig back into my history and sort of speculate about where it might have but more I just feel like I see it it highlights for me in other people when there isn't that kind of just self-belief and I don't it's it's not a cockiness like it's not sort of I'm better than anyone or you know whatever but it's just kind of like an I'm an I'm okay as a starting point and I think because that comes relatively naturally to me it really gets my attention and breaks my heart when I see people have anything other than that because it plays out in life. Like we sort of start from however we feel about ourselves and then that plays out in how we approach things, the things that we do, the things that we say, the things we, you know, attempt. Yeah, so it's a funny one. Like I don't feel like it's been like a really hard one thing for me that in some ways I feel really sort of grateful that it's kind of been something relatively easy. And but I do, I do still have times for sure where I'm just like, oh, like I really messed that up or who do I think I am to do that? Or like, I do have those sorts of thoughts. Absolutely. But I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite on sort of quite high alert to them. Like when I see them, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. Like <laughs> it is, it's like, it hurts when you do that. Why would I do that? So I get that for people who do struggle with that, that's a really unhelpful answer. (laughs) It's just like, that's just annoying that it doesn't come, that it comes relatively naturally to me to to not feel, sort of not give myself too much of a hard time. I think it's interesting though to hear it from the perspective of of like, you know, as an observer, when, when you can see it, when you can see it in other people, how much it 
holds us or them back. And to then just be like, yeah, <laughs> hmm, interesting and, and choosing choosing to step outside of that. And I think they're also intertwined because the being hard on oneself can often come from comparison because it's like, you know, I'm not this enough. It's like, well, enough compared to who or enough compared mm. to, you know, whatever. And, and that's kind of like the bridge and maybe tackling one of them at a time if, and I'm mostly speaking for myself because I'm like, how, how can Annie's wisdom help me right now? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that they can kind of go together. How and, and so like in, you know, in Australia, which is rife with tall poppy syndrome and, and self-deprecation, how do you, I guess, find that? Like have, has, there, has there been times in your career where people have been like, oh, you think you're too big for your boots or – or that optimism isn't met with sincerity? Um, probably. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had any sort of really huge things where I felt like people have just been like, cut you right down. But like I said, like I, I feel like that what I'm describing within myself, it's quite an internal state. I don't, I don't feel like I'm generally like rah, rah, like I'm going to, you know, achieve, like people might not necessarily even know that I have a kind of, I guess that built-in confidence or whatever it is that we would call it. I don't make a huge song and dance about it. So in that way, I think that that's kind of the ones that people like to chop down more often than not where they're sort of, they're up there and they know they're up there and right yeah I don't really see myself like that although I do uh enjoy a good bit of (laughs) of trash talking while playing games with like sledging yes right and and just like I do like actually almost more than the actual game like I, I was playing some table tennis with my sister and our partners the other day and like honestly, just the trash talk around the table tennis is at least as fun as the table tennis itself. You know, just the like talking yourself up as though, as though it matters, and as though, yeah, as though I have any skills to speak of, which I definitely can't back it up with the skills. But like, I do quite enjoy. I think <laughs> enjoy trash talk around table tennis is like the key to healthy relationships. My parents <laughs> were married for 43 years before my dad mm-hmm. passed. And they, when they first got married, they lived in a house that had a table tennis table and they were at uni and they didn't pay for heating. So then every hour or so, they'd just go down and have like a rapid fire table tennis <laughs> game for 15 minutes, just go really hard. And then so in good. January, I played table tennis with them and my dad was fully sledging my mum again. Really? <laughs> it's the key to a healthy relationship is a good, healthy table tennis sledging, I think. <laughs> there you go. Good to know. I knew something deep in me knew it was a good idea. <laughs> There's like a boundary, isn't there, I guess, between um, being optimistic and being toxically positive. Mm. And, you know, it's it's hard, I guess, in this time, you know, because people are struggling in all sorts of different ways and to, to, to not just slap silver linings on things. 
and and so to maintain that with um empathy I guess as well but like you said it's internal and I think that considering you know because we often like and this is why I'm getting interesting people because I kind of want to be like what is your secret to how you can lift other people up and bringing the change because yeah we need to kind of look in to help out and all that sort of thing so I think Mm -hmm. that's really interesting to know and and thank you for sharing that no worries (laughs) okay so if I was to ask you does it hurt when you do that do that what is something Mm -hmm. that hurts that's good right now I would say oh there's a few things meditation you just got to do it like (laughs) um I just think it's so good and I just think that people think it's like oh you know that for when you first getting into it or having an attempt like it can just be really hard and it can hurt when you do that like it can just be like oh my gosh this is whatever it is boring frustrating sending my mind into complete overdrive like having the opposite effect than what it's supposed to whatever I just think it is um, incredibly helpful and worth persevering through through the the struggle of it and not and in my experience it's not like you come out on the other side of the struggle of it (laughs) it's like actually like you can do it for a long 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 time consistently and like maybe it gets easier in the sense like I feel like for myself it's become easier over time where to in the sense that the easy bit is that I'm not questioning whether or not I'm going to do it anymore. It's not, is this good? Is this bad? Do I want it in my life? That, that part's gone. It's just like, you're doing it, like it or not, like whether it feels enjoyable or desirable or whatever today it's happening. So that part has kind of got easier, but the actual practice itself, I think is like, for me, (laughs) I'm not out on the other side anyway. I'm sure that there are some who are like, yeah, I reckon there are there are as well because do you do um, Vedic transcendental meditation? Yeah, yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. my meditation teachers, um, shout out to um, Steve and Sue Griffith, um, <laughs> nice. who they said they'd been teaching it for like forty, meditating for forty years, teaching for thirty years, and they still have days where it's rough in there mm. because it's it's a representation of where your mental state is at and it's never always going to be smooth and easy. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I would definitely say that that is someone worth persevering with, like one worth going into the, the discomfort and, and really that probably, I guess the whole idea of like doing the thing that hurts I'd say it is, it's about kind of getting to know what those things are that you just want to run away from that are actually good for you. And I mean, that in itself can be quite a process to kind of work out what are those things, because obviously it can be um, like, I think even in the yoga world that we're part of where you can, it's taught to get comfortable with the discomfort and all of that. And and I think, yeah, that's a really important thing for us to do and um, it teaches resilience and it, it 
it makes such a difference. It means that we can stay with things that we that need to be examined or worked through in our life, even though it's hard to do that. Like it's really powerful. But then on the other hand, there's also it's the potential kind of grooming us to um, whether or not intentionally being groomed, but like it, it can have the effect of sort of training us not to trust that gut instinct that knows actually this is not good for you, get out, you know. So it's it's partly about kind of developing that discernment to know, yeah, this is good even though it's uncomfortable and at other times, no, this is uncomfortable, get out of this. Like this you need to make a move and, and yeah, get out. It, I don't know, it makes me think even of like like running or doing any exercise really that where it's just like, there's a point where it's going to be uncomfortable. It's like this, my muscles are working, my heart is pumping, I'm struggling to breathe in the same way. It's not like just breathing really easily. And that can be part of what it takes to build your fitness or to build strength or or whatever it is. Or it could indicate you're having a heart attack (laughs) or it could indicate injury (laughs) like and so yeah I guess it's like that this is the some of the nuance of life is to work out what are the things that are uncomfortable but that are worth staying present for and sitting in tolerating the discomfort even getting comfortable with it and and what are the things that are actually like you know what like there's an intuition that knows sometimes this is not good. You've got to make a change. Yeah. And with your meditation practice and how long it's been, are there certain things like for me, there's there's like this, these are certain things I can point to that I, I feel like it is meditation that has improved that little aspect of my life, whether it, it's like for me, it's like, you know, my sleep and it's the way I handle stress and it's my self-compassion, which mm. I really wasn't expecting. For you, is there anything that's like that where you can kind of point yeah, to? Yeah, I think for me, yeah, definitely helps with with sleep and stress management, I think for sure. Also, kind of time, like my understanding of time or time, partly time management, but it's more than that. It's like just like even the idea of allocating a certain amount of time, like if you're just doing straight up Vedic meditation or transcendental meditation, it's 20 minutes twice a day to go, okay, I'm allocating that time and the the sense that I don't have time for it and then once you actually just are committed to it that actually time rearranges itself around that time like your schedule like once you say it's on it happens then it does happen and for me that's been a really interesting thing at the start of this year I said with two other people let's hold each other accountable that we will practice every day. And that just shifted it because it's like, okay, well, there's been a commitment and I had been practicing pretty much every day anyway, but it's, it's interesting. There's the difference once you actually kind of make a commitment out loud with other people and, um, and know that other people are in it too. Yeah. It's just been interesting to kind of see like when going, okay, it's actually a non-negotiable how time allows for it and something obviously has to give at some point and sometimes that's conscious it's like okay no I'm gonna 
turn off the TV or I'm going to stop working now or I'm going to whatever. I'm going to sacrifice one thing to prioritize this thing. But quite often it's just more like whoop, like just time just sort of seems to move around and it just makes space for this thing because you made it a priority. And, yeah, I found that really interesting. And then I guess just also just in terms of time, it's a sense of the of slowness, the importance of slowness and just where our culture, I think, we it just um, values pace so much and busyness and yeah meditation just kind of flies in the face of that and just goes just slow down (laughs) like just stop and that's um yeah that's a helpful thing I think to remember the the value in slowness and stillness so one thing we haven't talked about and I guess I haven't really been able to ask you when we've been like saying hi to each other in the corridors mm-hmm. between fitness classes is um how about you becoming Christian you when you were 14 and studying <laughs> theology and what I'm wondering is is how that lens has shaped your life or you don't have to speak so much to that but more from that lens I guess what you think as the keen observer that you are and then knowing what you know in terms of you know, your meditation practice, being a yoga teacher, and then also the fact that you are a keen observer and like look at the world and take it in around you. What would you, from your observing perspective, say is like the lay of the land spiritually of the people that you come into contact with in Melbourne today? Wowza. Good question. Um. Yeah, look, I think that the little area that we're in, northern suburbs Melbourne, is a particular crowd, one that I love, but I think is unique in lots of ways and quite um, yeah, progressive in lots of ways. And, and so I wonder if like even in terms of spirituality and spiritual openness, are maybe is maybe different than say if you were just to sort of zoom out and go our culture more broadly or you know Victoria or Australia or whatever yeah I think that there's there's definitely like a an interest and almost like an intuitive sense of of spirituality like that there is something more than just the kind of really really tangible but I think it's like almost built in diverse like that there's sort of this not there's not so much like a you know I need a set of rules for that I want to know like give me one book that I go to like the you know the bible or the Quran or the whatever um but yeah but I guess just like a kind of a spiritual uh openness Uh, yeah and then on the other hand there are definitely people around who are who are not and who it's almost seems like a, a um <laughs> dare I say like a kind of a spiritual decision to kind of go I don't subscribe to any of that like I don't you know see the world in that way I don't believe in like a, a higher power or a, you know so I don't know if I could sort of say oh there's a particular 
vibe out there. What do, what do you think? I think, well, I don't know. I, I don't know where I, I've got this like idea from, hmm. but I'm like, the church isn't cool, you know, mm-hmm. like the church has got a bad rep. Yep. A lot like speaking for, I guess, white, you know, um, or Western people, a lot of them, I guess, were brought up with maybe they went to a Christian school or there may have been some kind of Christianity specifically mm-hmm. in their upbringing. Yep. And that's kind of got a bad rep. But I think for me as humans, we do have this sense of a higher power and there is this search of, there is this searching because otherwise it's all, like it's all so confusing, you know, <laughs> if, it's, if this is all there is, like, it's like, whoa, you know, this is really confusing. Mm. And I think that because of the globalization of the world in some ways that there's, I guess, like, so the church is out, but like, Happy, esoteric, more kind of Eastern philosophies and spiritualities are in. Mm. And I think that that is great. I also, I'm like, man, whatever gets the people to have that sense in their heart. And if that is what is going to uh, be like a way to live by, Um, or that is going to give a sense of ease and a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose, then that's great. The one thing that I'm a bit like, hmm, I'm not so sure about is when it's like done, I guess, in a bit more of a uh, a demonstrative, uh, commercial, like kind of way, Mm. trying to bring the, the harder, better, faster, no answers kind of aspect that we apply to lots of other parts of life into this realm as well Mm -hmm. and I don't know like to be honest I haven't even like a a lot of my close friends if if I was to go down their list and be like this is what this person believes I don't think I could actually do that because to be honest my conversations do feel spiritual in nature but in terms of fully asking people like what is it that you actually believe in Yeah, kind of a right. thing? And I think that that is a deeply personal question and a lot of people wouldn't want to be able to answer it straight away. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I think um, that's probably one thing, like as you mentioned, like for me, like I became a Christian when I was 14. My family, like, we, you know, they would have ticked Christian on the census kind of, but it was not like they were certainly not kind of leading me to get more involved in that and I just did um probably a little bit to the shock and dismay of my family to be honest um (laughs) but um and then and so yeah for many years that was it was very very much part of my conversations with all of my friends about you know what do you believe and talking about your faith and like literally it was like normal conversation how's your relationship with God like these are the kind of talk that we would have and so although I, yeah, I don't call myself a Christian anymore, um, I, like, honestly, I love that stuff. Like, I love that conversation. And I have quite a few friends um, who also were really in that and have kind of, you know, gone off into other paths since then. Um, but still, like, I'm so grateful to have those friends in my life because it's like, we've been there and we've gone really deep in that stuff. And 
um and it's almost like once you you go there you, you can't pretend that you it's not important um even if you've decided that you believe really different things or that you don't believe it at all or whatever it's like it's still um yeah it's it's big stuff you know and especially if you do have any spiritual beliefs then if they're not just performative and just kind of about well what what jewelry do I wear or what you know what what thing do I I don't know say on my I don't know whatever um <laughs> then then what gnomes what sort of gnomes do I have in my garden <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes exactly that's yeah totally um then it really matters and so I I do love that kind of conversation and and I think probably sometimes I need to be conscious that yeah like what you're saying not everybody wants to have that conversation and and it is deeply personal but yeah like I just think I remember um not too well maybe like in the last few years must have been a while ago now because it was in somebody's house and um (laughs) with some friends uh but we were getting together to have a movie night and we were like literally going to watch like Pitch Perfect or some something like that. Like it was going to be a lighthearted popcorn fun night. And I think I was like, so do you guys now, like who do you think Jesus was then? And they're like, all right, turn off the bloody video, <laughs> like the TV, <laughs> like here we go. <laughs> and, like, and then we go into a big conversation and, yeah, because, I mean, I find it fascinating in different ways. I find it both in terms of, like, trying to make sense of of religion like that, like, well, if Jesus is, like, who was Jesus? what? Um, but also there's the kind of more like, okay, for you personally then, what does it mean for you to be spiritual? Like, if you do believe in God, what does that mean for your life? And, yeah, so I, I find it very interesting and I feel really happy content I think to kind of be at the point with it that I'm at at the moment where I actually don't feel any responsibility to convince anyone of anything and so it just means I'm just really curious about it and also okay with myself not having all my own answers even and but just being interested and intrigued and a little bit in love with the idea of the divine and and whoever that might be And I think that's so wonderful and important, I guess, because I think my other kind of like gripe (laughs) that I have when it comes to modern spirituality is, you know, there's so many things in our lives that we don't have all the answers to. Mm -hmm. Like right now I'm in my room looking at a computer able to see your face and it's going to do a thing that's going to record it and we're able to have a full human interaction Mm. I don't know how any of that works (laughs) I just believe when I press this that it's going to happen and that you're going to be there yeah you know and that's enough for me and it makes me happy and I trust it Mm -hmm. and the people who are listening to this similarly whatever device you listen to is like you press a button and it comes out Mm. I don't know (laughs) and then but sometimes for some people, when I guess more when it comes to religion mm. than faith as such, that that is like I need to have every single answer before I can believe. Mm. And an all-knowing, all-knowing, loving God, divinity, power, energy, source, whatever it is, that knows far more than what we do, um, if that is, you know, the way that you see it. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. you know and and to be like well this is what I get I get I get some good vibes and I get some good people and I don't know exactly how it works but mm. it, it, it kind of can 
Yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's it. It's it can you can get very caught up in the nitty-gritty of the the details of the dogma of like, you know, and the doctrine of what specifically do you believe and then that starts to draw the lines of okay, well who's in and who's out or what what side are you on and all of that which gets really really ugly and is such a huge problem in the world. But yeah, I I have really benefited from letting go of some of that, which has been quite a process. I think for me, actually the first point of considering the possibility that I might not believe what I thought I believed in terms of some of the, the um, doctrines is the closest thing I've ever had to a panic attack. Like wow. I remember like literally kind of going, what if I don't believe that anymore? And it was just this like, oh, my gosh, then what have I been doing for all these years? Who am I then? How do I fit in this? Like it was really just like, whoa, just massive. Yeah, whereas now I, I actually feel quite comfortable and more like, oh, my gosh, it's like I'm just swimming out in this beautiful big ocean where I can go in every and any direction and it's all out there, like, yeah, rather than just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing my footing, I'm losing my hold. and I'm. It's so fascinating. It actually reminds me of a conversation I had at work um, working with the psych. Well, I wasn't with any of the psych patients. I was with some of the other clinical staff. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the patients in there uh, have schizophrenia Hi everyone, JJ here in the editing room. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I wanted to jump on here and I don't know if it's like a trigger warning, but I wanted to just say, I say a thing from this work anecdote, which we then laugh at and it kind of comes across uh, in some ways that we're laughing at people who have schizophrenia and what I want you to know is that though that is basically what happens uh there's one element of these people's delusions which are funny I mean we all have various delusions about ourselves that if they're reported back can actually be quite odd that's why it's really good to laugh at ourselves but I wanted to jump on here and let you know that I don't think that schizophrenia and delusions especially when it is getting in the way of your life is a laughing matter I think and I know people who have experienced those sorts of things and I deeply respect them and I am very grateful that they have been able to tell me firsthand what it is actually like Um, because I, like with any mental illness, it can seem like this whole thing that's kind of, oh, you know, and we don't talk about it or or we only have one view of it. But um, this particular one, I guess, plays into that. And uh, if you really didn't appreciate that, let me know, because I'm a human who's learning in the world as well, and I don't want to cause anybody harm at all. Um, So... Yeah, okay. And so there's about six of them who think that Jesus. There's six Jesuses. Think that they are there's Jesus. about six of them okay. who think that they six are. Six of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a showdown. <laughs> Get them to walk on the pool and no. Um, but, you know, and, and, then, then, and then we were sitting there and we were like, what if one of them actually is Jesus and we're the ones who are crazy, you know? And it was just like, oh, man. And so you just you can just spiral on that sort of thing forever. I think it's, oh, totally. <laughs> I think it's great. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we've kind of talked about the the spiritual inner and the mind, and then we've talked a little bit about the body and and this holistic. With Eve, we were Eve, and what you stand for is is the holistic connection of the mind and body and um, spirit or soul with wellness. Which I don't know if you've said this, but I think this is diet culture in disguise mm-hmm. in some ways because it's an industry now. It's profiteering off the fact that we need to fix ourselves mm-hmm. of some way and fit into a certain mold of some kind and your podcast and yes you the the episode the summer body lie Mm -hmm. it had me in tears Mm. and it's springtime now so I have to listen to it again like the way you speak it's like you're holding like you're cupping the person by the face and you're looking deeply into the eyes and saying like this is this is a lie that this is a problem and that this needs to change Mm. and so are there ever times when you, you hear people talking negatively about themselves or only valuing themselves on their looks? And I guess how you react or respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I do. I am so passionate about it. And it's funny that you say that, that it feels like. That that's what I'm doing, holding someone's face and speaking. Because <laughs> honestly, that's how it feels for me sometimes that it's like I want to do that. You know, when you just so deeply know something and you so know what it means for us all to really get that. But I do just have those moments where I'm just like, I want to look you right in the eyes. Like, you know, can we somehow sear this into your soul that you are okay, essentially, is kind of what I want to say to people. But that passion for me has actually sometimes led me to not handle those situations very well. Not everybody is ready to be held by the face and looked in the eye and you know some people are just not ready for that and so it's been an interesting thing for me learning and I feel like I've learned this even just at Eve through the process of having so many different women come into the space and you know I my vision for this space is that it's so accepting and that people would come in and they would feel accepted by other people and then they would start to accept themselves and accept each other but that doesn't necessarily happen instantly and it doesn't necessarily happen by telling someone that they should accept themselves. So I don't know, just thinking of like one example of a number of years ago, a woman came in to inquire about doing some classes at Eve and she was saying, what was it? I think she was saying, oh, I, know, I would need a flatter tummy and a um, bigger bum. She wanted like more round booty kind of. And which classes, do you do, do you offer classes that will do that for me? And my initial response is just like, oh my gosh, I just want to hug you and say, don't worry about that stuff. And just that that's not important and whatever. And so anyway, I kind of said that to her. I didn't grab her and hug her, but I, I was just like, oh, you know, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, you know, you're 
wonderful just as you are and but we have a whole lot of great classes and anyway and then she sort of as I was taking around the place and talking about different classes she sort of kept on asking oh will this one give me flat a flat tummy will this one you know build my booty and and I sort of was like well well yeah you know Pilates will do this and this will do that and you know whatever because these things they do they can potentially change your body (laughs) like but anyway but I did just sort of feel like I focused a lot on just sort of more trying to say hey it's like I wanted to give her the whole Eve experience in one little moment like you don't have to worry about that and anyway she left and I don't think that she ever came back to my knowledge and in that experience I was kind of like you know what there's something to be learned there as well that part of the accepting of people like if if my heart is to have people accept themselves then actually my acceptance of them includes acceptance of the fact that they're not currently accepting themselves <laughs> as they are and that's not to say that she wasn't accepting herself as well you can love yourself accept your body and also be like I'm going to work on strengthening my whatever you know or build flattening this or enlarging this or whatever like you you can do that but yeah so I guess for me I've sort of tried to shift a little bit or or maybe naturally have just shifted a little bit more to just kind of going you know what it's about me just offering that welcome and that acceptance and trust that that in itself kind of helps people to build that within themselves as well rather than sort of feeling like I need to ram it down their throats you know or (laughs) yeah Thank you. The reason why I asked that is because I was at the hairdresser back then. Um, Mm -hmm. And similarly, the woman, you know, I imagine that hairdressers are as a place where they would hear a lot of people really being like, oh, you know, and and she did the woman's hair and the woman was like, oh, but I don't look better if I lost like this many kilos so that I could, you know, at least my hair is great kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And And I could imagine that like with hairdressers, people are often, you know, looking at themselves in the mirror for a long amount of time. And I know for some people that can be a really confronting, difficult time mm-hmm. to be looking at yourself in the mirror, especially when you, you've got wet hair and you're wearing a cloak and all that sort of exactly. thing. Like it's not necessarily the best It's look, not flattering. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank mm. you. But I think it's also like it's it's about sort of, I guess, reading the room in that moment, like, because maybe it is right then to just go, you are absolutely perfect as you are, like to give the compliment around. I guess in some ways it's like for me, I think that our obsession with our physicality is um, is part of the problem, that we're just obsessed with how we look. And so in some ways it's like I feel like I just want to steer the conversation to something else. But sometimes I think it is appropriate and helpful to be like, you're gorgeous, like you're perfect just like this beautiful you know like I think that that's okay too yeah but the thing yeah I guess my concern with that is just that if we feed off that we start to even if it is just like oh I am beautiful I do look good like then it's like you know our looks they're gonna change and so if we sort of get even if we manage to sort of convince ourselves what what I look like right now is acceptable it's like, you know, for all sorts of reasons, just well, aging is one, you just, it's going to change no matter what, but it can also change, you know, in a, 
a period of a few months or in a split second, you have, I don't know, an accident or something different. And then if you've just attached so much worth to this physical appearance, then it just can, you know, that rug is going to get pulled out from under you at some point. So I guess that's it. It's more kind of like, okay, like, yeah, enjoy that, but let's not get too kind of hung up on it because it's, it's really shaky ground to kind of hold yourself, like to anchor yourself to. Are you ready for our last question? I'm ready. Which you probably know what it is, but anyway. <laughs> so if you had the ability to transmit a message globally, you could write it in the sky or it was on a billboard, what would it say? Can my billboard have special powers? Definitely. (laughs) Yes. So, because I, okay, so the message is you are okay. And that written in the sky is nice and that on a billboard is nice. But like this, I want like a billboard that does, that grabs someone by the face, looks into their soul and really, really speaks it deep to their heart. Because I feel like, it's pretty just like it sounds a bit meh you know you're okay but I think honestly if we got that like if I got at my deepest place I am okay like I'm okay and I don't mean like oh you're fine I mean just like like it's okay like I'm okay I don't I'm enough I'm I'm good it's good (laughs) like that I truly believe would change the world if we all got that if everybody deeply knew that we were okay I think that would change everything in a beautiful way so that's my billboard that sounds like a pretty cool powerful billboard (laughs) thanks (laughs) (laughs) you can work on the technology that makes it go (laughs) yeah 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 penetrate people's beings (laughs) (laughs) no you wouldn't want it to get the pressure kind of wrong and squeeze people a bit too tightly exactly you know yeah yeah (laughs) there'll be ai for that at some point i'm sure totally we'll be ready for it <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. If you have any more news to, or things to share with the people, feel free to drop it in now. But um, no, that's lovely. I mean, if people would like to listen more to things oh, I have to yeah, say, listen they can to, come on over to listen yes to you. Yes You, hmm. yeah, and his podcast. So great, nice. But um, yeah, otherwise, just lovely chatting with you, JJ. For sure. Mm. Thanks so much. so much for listening and sharing your time with me this week for this podcast to continue i could really use your support if you enjoyed the episode please screenshot it and put it on your social media send the episode to your friend or family and if you can click subscribe to the episodes they'll fall into your algorithm like your old friend jj popping into your ear every week i appreciate it so much and as well as listening to this podcast, you can just keep on listening to your own wisdom by asking the questions, big and small, like, does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that.